Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Coming up today on KWTX at 4, mark your calendars for the 22nd annual Clifton Fall Fest. It's happening this Saturday. You know I will. Plus, bre uh, breast cancer and domestic violence survivors come together for one special event. We'll tell you about it. And in this week's personal space series, interior designer Christy Proctor-Hurst shows us how to get creative with your kitchen layout. KWTX at 4 starts now. Thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early here with meteorologist Camille Hawksworth. And we knew that the warm-up was going to come, but it's dry, right? It is. So it doesn't feel terrible. No, you've I been mean, outside recently? Yeah. Yes. It, was, it's a little, it felt pretty good. It is nice out there. Yeah. You know, um, that dry heat, it does heat up quickly, but you're not mm -hmm. sweating through right. it as much. Exactly. So I feel like it's comfortable heat, if I can say that. <laughs> yes. Well, we are going to get all the details about the weekend. I know it could be changing a little bit more and a little bit warmer, but we'll find out more details later. Let's get to our daily four. All right, so we are seeing all the unrest the Israel-Hamas war is causing in the Middle East. In fact, the U.S. military base in Syria was attacked by drones earlier today, causing some injuries. But the U.S. State Department warns things are getting less safe for Americans traveling abroad in all parts of the world, anywhere out of the country. The State Department's issuing a rare worldwide alert for Americans in other countries. It warns they should exercise increased caution due to international tensions. The department says terrorist attacks could be more likely. It also notes the possibility of demonstrations or violence against U.S. citizens. This is the first worldwide alert since the killing of an Al-Qaeda leader last year, so it is extremely rare. Uh, the State Department is also raising the travel advisory for Lebanon and Israel to the highest level, so those particular places, but you know, there are lots of people who may have a little fall getaway. Some schools are in fall break, I imagine, at some po some points uh, around True. the around the country. So maybe folks are taking the family and going somewhere. Um, and it's it's good to be alert. But yeah. my, I guess my question is, what exactly does that mean? You, I guess you kind of be careful where you go. You are more aware of what's around you, right? You keep right. an eye on who's doing what around you and maybe report something if you see something like scary. You mean, yeah, like you said, probably good practices to do always, but especially sure. now, yeah. you know, make sure you're aware of your surroundings. Mm -hmm. um, don't ever put your wallet, you know, in places like where it's easily accessible. That's true too, yeah. Things like that that you should be doing, you just we're more aware of them right now. One thing, I don't know if you've been conditioned to feel this way too, but just living in the United States of America in 2023, everywhere I go, I look for the exit signs first and I, I stay kind of close to them just because you never know what's going to happen. And uh, it's just a good thing to do, you know? It's Plus, the world we live in now. It's the world we live in. 
frequency. Yeah. So you got to be careful. Yeah. You do. But it's good to know before you go. Now to number two in our daily four. Yes, this one is about a discovery. NASA has uh, found a new, never before seen feature of Jupiter's atmosphere. Take a look at this image from the James Webb Telescope. They've given us a lot of amazing images over the past several years. Uh, researchers say that it reveals a narrow jet stream traveling at a whopping 320 miles per hour, about twice the strength of a Category 5 hurricane. NASA says that the jet stream spans more than 3,000 miles and is located about 25 miles above the clouds. Jupiter, so it's in its upper atmosphere there, mm -hmm. Jupiter's lower stratosphere. The picture was actually taken in July last year, but scientists recently used data from the telescope to discover the jet stream. And of course, you can learn more about the discovery in the latest edition of Nature Astronomy. That's fantastic. I love how we learn so much more too about not just like what's happening on the planets, but how they interact with other um, heavenly bodies near them. You know, we yeah. talked about uh, some kind of, I guess, an asteroid in Saturn's, you know, belt that provides water for Saturn's atmosphere. It's just wild. And, you know, the moon for us, obviously, there are direct relationships between the moon and, and the planet Earth. So it, it's really neat learning these little nuggets of the, how things interact so closely and that there's been this 300 miles per hour. What is that? Right. How fast is that? My Faster goodness. Faster than uh, Category 5 hurricane times two. I mean, my <laughs> goodness so you yeah, don't go to Jupiter if you're planning on traveling don't go to Jupiter no I'm just kidding right but, yeah it's a wild planet but the telescope the James Webb telescope mm -hmm. I mean we've seen a number of images come out that just they blow our mind like literally yeah. on what is space what have we thought yeah. what have we not known mm -hmm. what do we think that we can learn from this so and, lots of questions and Jupiter's still. eye that storm right that's been going mm -hmm. on for how many thousands of years Since I was or in whatever. school at least I mean it's been going on for a long time we just know the planet that looks like that in constant cycle right Space is wild. We love it. We love learning. That's the number three in our daily four. The question, as Shakespeare put it this way, to snooze or not to snooze. I don't know if that's correct, but, <laughs> but we live in a world where most studies, and we do these studies all the time being yeah. in news, they say hitting the snooze button can put you into another sleep cycle, then when you get out of it, you're more tired. New research offers another perspective. So this is it. The Swedish study that looked at adults who use intermittent alarms to get in a few more minutes of sleep in the morning. The data from that shows that some participants who were able to snooze for 30 minutes or more had improved cognitive tests compared to those who woke abruptly. And the brief snooze periods also helped mood decline and alleviated sleep inertia as well. So the study found that most snoozers are younger people and they're not morning people, <laughs> which I can see. I can yeah, sense. me too. And on average, they got 13 minutes fewer overall sleep each workday than non-snoozers. So I'm picturing people who maybe are a little younger, maybe they go out, they stay up later, so maybe they do need that extra couple of minutes. Yeah. Uh, there was a time in my life when I'm sure I was one of those, I'm kind of an up and atom person. I When I did the, uh, the morning newscast, mm -hmm. the morning show here, I got up right as soon as it you're not off. a snoozer. And then like, I took a cold shower to wake up. That's what I did. That was my routine because <laughs> you have to get yourself out. But snoozing, I mean, sometimes if you don't really have to be anywhere, it's nice. Uh, I just like to get it done. You're going to think I'm a mad woman then. What? Because my <laughs> alarm is like the time that it's mm -hmm. supposed to be, but then you set an alarm before that. Okay, or, and, okay no. So here's the, so you set an alarm <laughs> that you want to get up, like right. your goal, your aspiration mm -hmm. to get up. No, you snooze that. Then you're like, okay, here's the time you have to get up. Oh, no, no. You snooze that. And then the time you absolutely have to get up. Yeah. And then maybe like one extra minute. One and extra then minute <laughs> if you need it. I mean, sometimes it, for, I can see for some people how it would give you a boost. You know, it, it does make sense. And I think a lot of it, like, like you're saying, it's psychological. Yes. Right? Oh, just one it's more so minute. It's psychological. One a little, more just minute. a couple more. Uh, and especially with if you have kids. 
if you have kids, snooze Those are your all alarms. you want to. You snooze all you want if you have kids. That's my permission <laughs> that, that I have the right to give it. If they I think let it's you, fine. you snooze. If they let you. When sleeping in is 7 o'clock in the morning. Someone, one of our dear friends posted that just today. When sleeping in 7 o'clock in the morning, you know you're a parent. So, yeah, I, I think know. it's true. Well, my kids were up at like 5 several mornings and we just like we're, we're starting our day we're getting in the car and, yeah. and you guys can nap later maybe I'll, I'll nap with you too if, if you're lucky enough <laughs> yeah for sure and the final thought to this we should point out that while snoozing may have some benefits staying on the good side of the non-snoozers who sneer who share your bed that's probably not one of them they, they don't like it you know sure uh, because they're getting up too with the American College of Cardiology says, on average, you should get seven to eight hours of really good sleep. That's the recommendation for your health. So if we can get that, I guess that's that's the good news that yeah. we should be shooting for. Let's look now at, uh, we're already here, number four in our daily four. Yes, this is a fun one. So Americans are expected to spend a record $12.2 billion. You want to know on what? Yes. Okay, on Halloween related yes. items this year. It's a lot. It's a, it's a lot, lot yes. Okay. So that amounts to about $108 per person, hmm. according to the National Retail Federation. But many items will be more expensive. The Bureau of Labor Statistics says candy is up more than 7% from last year. Okay, okay. Yep. So speaking of candy, Inflation. we have a, re a report here. Take a look at the top okay. 10 candies, according to Instacart. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups holds the number one spot, mm -hmm. followed by Peanut M&M's. Okay. I can see why that's up there on the top, one yes. of my favorites. Uh, then regular M&M's follows that. Our producers were shocked to see Twizzlers are on that list right there I in the middle. And then rounding out the list at number 10 is Starburst. Mm -hmm. Justin, where do you fall on that list? Okay. Uh, the answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, to all of it. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I think of these... Listen, candy corn really made the list. I'm sorry. Yeah, candy corn's I, I, on there. Some people love it. I'm not one of those Our people. Our Ali Calabar loves it. She loves it. Oh, she, she probably goes to it. bat for candy corn too, I bet. <laughs> She's a very uh, passionate woman about things like that. I honestly, I like, I think we're Twix on here. No, no. okay, so. Really? I'll tell you too, that did not okay. make the list. I have them what? right here. Twix Snickers. And Twix. See, I would put those at the top the of the, I put those at the top of the list. Well, that's if they're on I the top of your list. Well, I mean, we can share go. the Twix. That's yeah. what, what's great about well, look, Twix. I got the is number one. Mm, Reese's. The, the Reese's yeah. is good. Something about that peanut they're, butter chocolate combo. As I've gotten older, those are too sweet for me now. What? Okay. I hate to say it, what? but it's true. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I'll tell you a hack. They make what? them in dark chocolate. Ooh, now you, that I can get down with. And you pop them in the freezer. Oh, I'm that, not. I'm I not know. kidding. That is a game changer. Freezer candy is delicious, is <laughs> yes. it not? Because yes. you eat it more slowly, you savor it more. You're not like horrifying. Oh, I don't know it if down. I eat it more slowly, but, but I you love it more. To protect your teeth, right? You got to chew on it a little bit and get it out there. Uh, no, I love it, but I think um, the Twix are fun because you get to share them. That's why I love those. Yes, always really find right. somebody to share Twix with. Yes, it's true. All right. Welcome back. As you know, the month of October has a number of health observances. Today, we're talking about breast cancer and domestic violence awareness. And here to talk about an event that's coming up this Sunday, the Pink and Purple Tea. Joining me now is Dr. Carrie Ann Zamore, Dr. Novice McDaniel, and Dr. Christine Nix. So thank you so much for stopping by. Let's get into, um, let's, let's start talking about the tea. Okay. It's a pink and purple. Like, talk a little bit about how you've married the two topics. Right. right. So, Keisha, I mean, as we have spoken before, I am a domestic violence survivor, and uh, that is something I have brought education and awareness to for a number of years. Um, also, several of my girlfriends are breast cancer survivors, mm -hmm. and I found every year we would be going to these different events 
separately. Mm -hmm. um, so I began to have conversations with one of my colleagues, Dr. Um, Lolita Gilmore Randall, um, about her Shades of Purple mm -hmm. um, event, as well as our breast cancer event. And we thought of marrying the two, where on one day we can come together and bring awareness, education, as well as celebration for the survivors in a tea party. What's yeah. more elegant than a tea party? <laughs> right. So. Cute idea, I love it. And of course, you know, pink and purple does go together very well. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about your personal stories. So, um, breast cancer, boy, when you get that diagnosis, I know it can be definitely a shock. You know, first of all, when, when did you get your diagnosis? I was diagnosed with breast cancer in January of 2022, okay. which was last year. Recently? Yes, very recent. I was going about my normal life, everything was good, we were about to move, and then all of a sudden, I get this diagnosis. And I can remember being on the track when I got the phone call from the radiologist, mm -hmm. and all these emotions, you know, sadness, I was angry, I was confused, mm -hmm. you know, why me? Mm -hmm. All these things just flooded down on me, but two months later, in March of 2022 is when I had surgery. Mm -hmm. I had a bilateral mastectomy, which I only had breast cancer in my right breast. Mm -hmm. But I chose to do the bilateral mastectomy uh, because breast cancer is prevalent in my family. Mm -hmm. And so we did that with immediate surgery, immediate reconstruction surgery. So when I woke up, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I wasn't too shocked. <laughs> yes. And even going through that, um, I was unable or unsuccessful to connect with a support group Mm -hmm. And so from that, we started Women Emerge, which is a women's empowerment group, yeah. including breast cancer support and awareness. Wow, and so um, had you been getting your mammograms, like I've learned we're supposed to get? Yes, I was getting regular mammograms. I even had a mammogram the year prior. So when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it was a blessing that I was getting my mammograms because um, it wasn't so far along. Mm. So I was diagnosed with stage one, okay. HER2 negative breast cancer. Wow. Um, and, and you've had a journey as well. Correct. Talk a little bit about your journey. So I was diagnosed in 1997, the first of three times. The last mm -hmm. time was in 2004. Mm -hmm. So um, mine was a little bit unusual. I was hit by a car door. In my, in my left upper chest, and I just kept thinking um, it was a bruise, and yeah. so I finally went to the doctor, and it, I was um, diagnosed. So I had a lumpectomy, then four years later, I'm almost out of, almost into remission, and went back in and said, I think I have cancer. They said, we don't think you do. Mm -hmm. I ended up having cancer in the right breast, so I had um, surgery, um, radiation, and then um, the third time, um, I had a left breast again. So um, I've had cancer. I've had uh, chemo twice, radiation um, once. What was your reaction when you thought it was just it was a bruise? I just thought it was a bruise. Um, I, I, but I think I knew that it was cancer. I was just doing the um, "There's no place like home" tapping mm -hmm. my ruby red slippers together. Mm -hmm. um, so um, when they when they did. Um, the lumpectomy, I was still hoping that it wasn't, when they did the biopsy, um, that it was anything. So I made the unwise decision to do a lumpectomy instead of doing a mastectomy, and I should have just gone ahead and done a mastectomy. So when October rolls around, ladies, mm -hmm. um, and you know, we, we talk about breast cancer, get your mammogram, you know, I feel like, you know, we say the words, but I wonder, do you think people absorb it enough? 
You know, I'm finding, Keisha, that we don't absorb even it enough. Violence, even, yeah. with, even with domestic violence, um, I would say, uh, in, in speaking to my girlfriends who have experienced breast cancer, um, speaking to young adults, the conversations that I have received is, well, that's something I can do when I'm in my 50s, mm. right? And it's not really mm -hmm. thought of when I'm in my 20s and I'm in my 30s. And the reality is if breast cancer runs in your family, mm -hmm. you should be even more hypervigilant in ensuring that you do have your, your mammograms, that you are um, talking to a physician about it. And I would say the same thing about domestic violence. Our numbers are still staggering. Mm -hmm. One in four women experience domestic violence. And I'm listening to the emotions that mm -hmm. um, Novice and, uh, and Christine shared. It is the similar emotions that we have as recovering victims of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. It's that feeling of why me? Mm -hmm. It's the fear, mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the shame. It's not feeling whole enough mm -hmm. again. And so that's one of the reasons we really wanted to marry these events and bring them together. Mm -hmm. And so that we can bring education, awareness, um, and then share our stories in a healthy, supportive way. Yeah, I'm, you're talking and I'm thinking, or this, there's an echo in my mind, strength in numbers, strength in numbers. Yeah. You were talking about there wasn't that support around you when you were going through your journey. Um, and I, I wonder how that could have helped you if you had you know, a couple of other women or men, people okay. around you to, to be there and go through that with you. Well, actually, Keisha, in the very beginning, I felt like I didn't need a support group. Mm -hmm. So when I went to the doctor and they gave Strong me the pamphlet, woman. I was like, oh, you know, I have faith in God. Yes. I, don't, I don't need that. Yeah. But I found myself one day sitting on a couch and looking for the pamphlet. Yes. So somewhere deep down, I realized that I did need to speak with someone, you know, just someone who, who can relate to what I was going through. Mm -hmm. But when I um, was diagnosed with breast cancer, we were just coming out of the pandemic. And so it was really hard for me to, to find someone, you know. But I, I thank God even now, though, because Women Emerge was born because I didn't have a support group and I didn't want any other woman to have to go through that. What was it like for you when, when, when you were going through your journey? Did you have others around you that you could you know, lean on, I guess? Not really. Well, I had my coworkers, but I worked in a male-dominated field and, and they were very supportive. Um, they, they kept me going, my church did. My kids were really instrumental in helping me deal with it, especially when I started losing my hair. And we sat down and they cut and shaved my hair for me because I didn't want anyone else to do it. And so they did it for me um, both times I lost my hair. But I think one of the things that, <clears throat> excuse me, we don't talk about is that the prevalence for breast cancer in men. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend that he was so ashamed he would not go back to the doctor yeah. after he'd been diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. And so we still don't hear about men. Um, and their diagnosis of breast cancer. Well, we're gonna talk more and about your stories in just a few minutes. We're gonna take a really quick commercial break, okay? All right, we'll be right back. Back, um, one of the things that we just talked about going into the break was, you know, that men are also involved in this conversation and young people are also involved in this conversation. Um, in, a, in addition to your event that's happening on Sunday, there's also something else going on? Yes, um, October 30th. Um, the UMHB Students Association of Black Students is hosting a conversation, impactful conversation about breast cancer mm -hmm. at 3.30 in Lower Conference Center. 
And um, what do you anticipate the students will learn from this? Because I'm sure faculty might even, you know, filter yeah, and, it, and it's open to faculty, yeah. staff, students, the community. And we're hoping that people will learn to listen to their bodies, um, take note of their family history. And if there is a history of breast cancer, take precautions early to, to get um, checked and not be afraid to talk about it. Um, even when we were talking about this with the students, some of them do not want to hear it because they just don't want to think about it. Not thinking about it is not going to keep it from happening. I was that student once. I don't want to think about it. Even <laughs> yesterday, a conversation I was having with a friend of mine. Okay, I'm done. It's, right. I've had enough. Yeah. But yes, um, speaking to them, I guess, on their level and helping them to understand how important this is, yes. mm -hmm. I'm sure is very, um, very important. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's get back to your event on Sunday. Yes. You, frou-frou, like what? <laughs> Fru very frou-frou. So definitely you want to have your tea dress on yes. with your gloves, your pearls, your fascinators. Um, come and enjoy some tea, some mm -hmm. tea sandwiches and hear again impactful conversations at the T. Um, you'll be hearing from Dr. Sharonda Henderson, mm -hmm. who is a chief oncologist here um, in Central Texas. And one of the things that I thought was amazing, Keisha, that I didn't know before is that 31% uh, of the breast cancer, of breast cancer affects women of color. Mm -hmm. I, I had no idea that it was that prevalent and that women of color are dying at, at a higher rate. And so Dr. Sharonda was sharing with me that it was the lack of resources, lack of access. And so I'm very um, excited for her to share at the Pink and Purple Tea um, more information about breast cancer. And then we also have domestic violence mm -hmm. survivors that will be sharing um, not just their story, but some education and how they came through it from um, victim to survivor. All right. Where? Okay. So where do you, how do you get in? Like. So that's where do you buy tickets? Where do you find? Where so do you register? So it's at the Temple Cultural Arts Activity Center, um, mm -hmm. and then you can go to my website, kzamore.com, and you can also go to eventbrite.com, mm -hmm. and um, you can get your tickets there for the pink and purple tea on Sunday. All right. I think we've got our QR <laughs> code <laughs> up as well. Yes. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. It's amazing what y'all are doing together. All right. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back. Have you ever lived in an apartment or a house that was just shaped oddly? Too many corners. Maybe there wasn't a good place to put the couch or the TV, or it was just awkward to get in and out and around in it. We asked designer Christy Proctorhurst about dealing with unconventional spaces, how to transform them. She showed us some great examples in this edition of Personal Space. This episode of Personal Space, we're talking about making use of unconventional spaces, if that's the way we want to put it. This area, this kitchen and kind of dining area, eating area, this was all kind of chopped up with walls. Can you take us a look? What was it like before? Yeah, so again, the 1980s build, um, the entry was blocked off. There was, I think there was an opening for a little dining room here, and then there was a wall right across here and another wall down to the hallway. So the kitchen was down to this little galley style with nothing at the end, the French doors were at the end. She loves to cook and she needs space. So this gave me the opportunity to just build in a complete wall section of cabinets and then her coffee bar down at the end. And she wanted banquets, she loves banquets. So we did the free floating banquet here and then the built-in bench set, set over here. So 
fun elements mm -hmm. for such a tiny space now that it is opened up. So it really does, for the sake of function and feel, make a difference if you go ahead and take the time and get those walls knocked down. Yeah, oh. yeah. Unfortunately, you know, you have to run into things like where the air vents run and things like that. It depends on your budget. But if you can, to me, it makes this small, um, almost zero lot line home look like a grand home. It makes it look huge. Yeah. Tell us what you did in here as far as the kitchen. Let's go through some of the details. You had to overhaul this from a galley kitchen to this massive space we see here. Mm -hmm. What do we have that you've added in? Oh gosh, so down at the end, we had a French door. So there were no cabinets down there. So it was a wasted space. So we took the French door out of the back and moved it to the side and then built in and created that unit down at the end. And then when we took this wall out, we were able to add a huge island in. And it seems like it's as far as the flow goes, it's easy to make your way around this thing. You it know, is. galley kitchens are wonder, you know, one way in, one way out, you know, but this has multiple ways to get in and out. And as far as the dining area goes, I mean, you have made a really a lot of room here. Tell us about this. So this set right here, um, basically she had seen a banquette like this and it has a bar area that goes that way with the bar stools there so that the kids are sitting there, they can watch TV in this room. And then she had seen this with the with the banquette bench on this end. Well, I think it's great because we can seat nine and we could probably cram in another couple of people as your table is big enough. All right, so how would you say this space has really become more functional from the time you set foot into this building until now? And what can you do that you couldn't do before? Oh, it, it's amazing. You can actually have multiple people in here. Yeah. You know, um, you and I both know about small kitchen spaces yeah. and bumping into each other. Yeah. And now she can have the kids helping play with something on the island if they're doing cookie dough or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she can be working across over there. Somebody else can be making coffee. I mean, what a multifunctional space. And now with the size that it is, um, I think you and I talked about it a minute ago. We can add up maybe 13 people sure. right here, and then we can add some tables in the other living spaces. Wow, what a family function you could have. Yeah, it really does pay in more ways than one to open up those walls to get that function and obviously the feel. Mm -hmm. See you next time. Just walking around a house like that, you get all kinds of inspiration, kind of you see things in your own home that maybe you'd like to do in your own home and you can take those ideas and apply them to yours. So we really appreciate Christy Proctorhurst for her uh, help on those amazing segments. It's making that happen. We love that. Let's Clifton's annual Fall Fest returns this Saturday the, for their 22nd celebration with live music and family fun. And those in attendance will even see a familiar KWTX face performing that day. We'll share who that is in just a bit. You might have a guess or two. First, though, joining us now to give us the details about this event, we have Cade Brooks, the Fall Fest sponsorship chairman. So thanks a lot for coming today to talk to us. We appreciate it. Um, and, you know, this Fall Fest has been going on for more than 20 years. How will this be different than the rest? We are excited to revamp after COVID and, um, you know, a lot of businesses, small businesses formed during COVID. And so we're excited to have a lot of new vendors out and um, just have a lot, a lot of more new people. Yeah come out so. and, and really a chance to show off Central Texas and Clifton yes. and what all is there yes. to offer. Um, I know it's happening Saturday. What's happening tomorrow though on Friday? There's something going on tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, so Friday night at Market at the Mill in downtown Clifton um, we will have Funky Flea. So we'll have um, VTEX barbecue, Fancy Bean coffee trailer, live music, um, 30 plus vendors. So shopping, food and mm -hmm. music. 
So kind of like a little little mini version yeah, of what could come the next off. day. Uh-huh. And then the next day, we get more than 100 vendors. I imagine yeah. if folks want to do their Christmas shopping early, yeah. that's one of my big things, is trying to get things that are locally sourced. Mm-hmm. Um, what kinds of things will these vendors be offering? What sorts of things will they have to sell? Yeah, so we'll have um, all sorts of vendors. We'll have food. Um, We'll have leatherworks, let's see, what all, um, a hat bar, we'll have a plant, cigars, baked goods, arts and crafts, so tons. Jewelry, A lot clothes. of vendors, gen- but yes, jewelry, clothes, um, gosh, there's several. There's yeah. 130 plus vendors, so lots of shopping downtown. And it's gonna be a really poppin', vibrant atmosphere because mm-hmm. you're gonna have music too. Yes. And I think there are, what, two music stages. Who's performing? Yes, so we will have, um, Two stages, there's one stage at Market at the Mill and then we'll have one downtown right in the middle with all of the vendors. Um, So we'll have Meridian and Clifton ISD performing um, with um, a couple different entertainment there. We'll have Chad Holt, Jared Poole, um, on the mill stage, and then your very own Gordon Collier on the main stage. Um, Marcus Miller and um, Chad Holt and Gordon Collier. And then we'll also have the Meridian Jazz Band. Yeah, we're lucky to work with uh, Gordon. He's fantastic. We've got to hear him. But all, all of your people that are going to be performing are going to be great, we know. Um, and, you know, it's tailgate season, right? Mm-hmm. So if people have a chance to practice their cornhole, maybe they got good at it this year. Yes. And there's a tournament. <laughs> people can be in this mm-hmm. tournament. Tell us about that, how to sign up and how to win and, and what you get. Yeah, so we will have a um, cornhole tournament in front of City Hall. Um, sign-ups will start at 10 o'clock. Tournament will start at 11, and it is a $50 um, sign-up fee per team. Okay, okay. and then prizes. Uh, I am. We're going to find out what the yes, prizes there find out tomorrow. So that's a surprise. The prizes <laughs> are a surprise. It's a surprise. And it's going to be good. We know that. Yes. So it's going to be good. Um, and also, uh, Wine Garden is going to happen uh-huh. too. Uh, who will take part in that? What's the setup? So we will have Juniper Cove, um, Valley Mills Vineyards, and Red Caboose from Clifton. Um, yeah, downtown. Yeah, I should point out that you see a QR code on your screen, which will take you to the Facebook page. You can see all of this there. If you have any questions or just want to get a mm-hmm. rundown of what we're talking about right now, so that's all there. Uh, a big part of Fall Fest also is there's a car show um, and that's downtown too yes. where physically will that part be because then you have a lot of things blocked off mm-hmm. for the vendors but where will that part yeah be? so we'll have the car show on um, Avenue E right next to the post office um, and uh, 219 artisan right there um, it will be kind of in the same area as the kids zone right in front of it are you yeah. amazed yourself by some of the cars that are still on the road and still functioning yeah. they, these are pretty old right I mean they I'd go like, way back I'd like to have a few of them right <laughs> wouldn't be bad to drive around some old-school convertibles yeah. and things like that it's we'll just be take good pictures with them instead yeah <laughs> the pictures are good too um, the kids zone is going to be a lot mm-hmm. of fun too so it truly is a family event so yes. um, as far as that goes you know where is that kids zone going to be um, who's running that where do the proceeds for that go Okay, so the kids zone is um, next door to market at the mill um, over by City Hall. Um, our Clifton High School NHS is running that, and all proceeds will go um, directly back to NHS. Okay, great. And yeah. what kind of things can kids experience in the kids zone? Is that games, things like that? Yeah, and we've got um, a lot of bounce houses bounce and houses. Um, face painting. So. Okay, that'll be fun for sure, too. For you, this has to be a lot of work to put together, but it has to be fun, too. I mean, you're, you're providing a, a really healthy, wholesome mm-hmm. entertainment event for people in Clifton and all around Central Texas. It's got to be rewarding. Yeah, we're really excited to bring all of these people and show them what Clifton's all about. And, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work, but to, you know, triple your population yeah. and for one day is it's a lot of fun and it's rewarding especially for all of our businesses downtown and mm-hmm. the vendors that come 
Yeah, and you know, talking about other things that are happening, book lovers are going to get a special treat um, because there's an author who's doing a book signing mm -hmm. too. What can you tell us about that? Yes, yeah, so we will have Lisa Wingate. Um, she's a New York best-selling author. Um, she is. Her kids were raised in Clifton, and she's really? coming to do a book signing at Tolstoy Bookshop downtown in downtown Clifton um, from one to two thirty on Saturday. You know, if you if you ever watch the show KWX4, a lot of us talk about the show Gilmore Girls, and we're huge fans. Mm -hmm. I'm getting major stars hollow vibes from Clifton because I think you know <laughs> the gift shop and and the books and everything mm -hmm. and just the fall feeling they all mm -hmm. celebrate. So go get a little piece of that wholesome Americana yeah. right there. Um, the city of Clifton has a population of about 3,700 people, mm -hmm. um, and again you bring folks from all over the place. So uh, this really is for businesses just a fantastic mm -hmm. boost. And then maybe you find something you fall in love with and go back and get it every year. Yeah, I mean, there's that too. So that's exciting. Yeah, we're excited to have. Everyone, Good. come see Clifton. Oh, sponsors. We have to say something about those sponsors and say thank you to them. What yes. would you like to say about our sponsors? Yeah, we know that you know the past couple years have been hard for businesses, um, and so we appreciate everyone that has donated what they can. And you know, Clifton and you know other businesses have really come together to provide, you know, a couple different things as far as sponsorship for this event. And so we're thankful for that. Yeah, and it's a beautiful drive out that way too. It is. So you're going to have a good time on there yeah. on the way there there and on the way back, mm -hmm. so it's going to be yeah. great. Again, the event is uh, going to be Clifton Fall Fest happening Saturday in downtown mm -hmm. Clifton. A free event, but make sure you bring money for the vendor shops and the cornhole tournament and a couple other little things. Kicks off at 9 o'clock in the morning is when it all gets started on 10 o'clock. Sorry, 10, 10 to 5. Um, 10 to 5 10 on to Saturday, five. and then a little yes. preview happening tomorrow night. Yes, that's yes. correct. Okay. Well, still to come on KWCX at 4, this week's personal space series helps us be creative with uniquely shaped rooms. What do you do? That's coming up next. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.